0: Well, folks, it's time to suit up again for another episode of The Soul Sessions. But this time, everyone, it's time for a bit of a disco, a bit of Discovery, because we have Alan Smith, the owner of Discovery Wrestling. Welcome, my friend. Thanks for having me on. Well, absolute pleasure, Alan. But, you know, for our friends who might not be familiar with Discovery Wrestling, tell us the story of the company.
1: Well, we started in 2014 is when we had our, our first event. And really, we, we, we came about as a result of... Um, my business partner at the time Alex and myself had been working elsewhere and we had a lot of ideas about trying to do things just slightly differently working in a kind of different kind of way and we saw an opportunity to just start something new Mm -hmm. um, in in Edinburgh and um, yeah we we, 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 you know so many years later on nearly 10 years later we're still here we're still doing it we're still uh, putting on shows that people seem to enjoy and I'll, I'll, you know it's it's been it's been pretty wild these last uh, few years well exactly
0: indeed my friend you've done on stellar shows I've been there to myself and I can highly recommend the crowd love it and the wrestlers are well having a good time but obviously behind the company there's yourself Alan I want to know
1: your story how did you fall in love with professional wrestling was it from a young age or did you introduce it later in life yeah well it was a uh, young age um I'm, I'm, and I'm going back to the 80s Ooh. so I'm, I'm going to go on a bit of a kind of time trip here but it was my family um, when i was young um got sky television i think we were very fortunate to be in the early days of, of sky tv and me and my, my older brother were just flicking through the channels as you do like what channels what channels do we get what more do we get than the, the three channels that we had and we, we stumbled upon wwf as it was at the time and it was it was, it was obviously, they were obviously hyping up a show because it was, you know, they were cutting from promo to promo to promo. You know, here was Hulk Hogan on the television, and I'd never watched wrestling, but somehow we knew who he was. Like, hmm. I remember me and my brother going, Oh, that's that that's that guy. And I, I think it would have been about seven, six or seven at the time. But we were like, there, There's that guy. Like, we'd seen him somewhere before, but we're like, There's, a... and then the next promo was the Element Warrior, hmm. like, doing the Element Warrior stuff, and like, larger than life character and we're like wow what's this you know what on earth is this and we just stuck with it and then that was it from from there on in it became a you know any 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 time it was on the television I had to watch it um and then kind of I've just kind of stuck with it for all these years as you know a lot of people it'll be a phase people will say it's just a phase you know they're watching this and it's just a phase they grow out of it but no any time I've you know maybe my interest has kind of waned something else has happened to keep me going so mm-hmm. for a long time it was just like right okay maybe i'm not enjoying this as much and then the, you know the attitude here in stone cold steve austin happened and it was just like right okay that's that's the guy That uh, you know i need to watch to see what goes on because of what he was doing and then there's always just something that keeps you keeps you kind of hooked in so yeah it started way back um in the late 80s uh, i can still remember going to my first ever wrestling event which um, I grew up in a place called Forfer, um in Angus, so near Dundee. And um, we went to a place, a, a venue, a, a hall called the Reed Hall. And the 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 act, the headline act there was Giant Haystacks. Obviously, he, mammoth name from the UK, seen on f- days gone by. but and, and I remember being there in the front row as a kid with a bunch of friends. And here comes Giant Haystacks walking around the ring with you know, a bit of rope for a belt, this massive man, and we were all going as kids, you know, going, Oh, you're fat. He clearly knows he's he's got a rope for a belt. And you know, and he just stopped and he looked at us and he just spat like just spat on all of us in the front <laughs> row. And uh and I was just like I was just like this is wild. You know, as a kid I was just like but being at that event it was just uh, you know there was there was there was nothing like seeing wrestling live rather mm-hmm. than on the television. So yeah, that, that's those kind of things getting spat on by giant haystacks is what pulled me into uh watching wrestling live. Well yeah and that's an accolade on your list
0: you can have right there up there with the C V if you ever need it spat on by <laughs> But also you know wrestling in itself is such a fantastic art form. I think it's probably one of the more connective art forms. And I want to know from yourself on why do you think wrestling has such a great connective um
1: connection with the audience. Well, I think it, it differs depending on where you go, and you know, like you you've experienced discovery events, and I, I think mm-hmm. there's a, you know, a very kind of special thing that we've managed to create with the kind of the, the, the mix of characters that we've got involved, and you know, we always find that you know there, there are a lot of people who will message us and say that, you know, that they're, they're going through a pretty kind of tough time or a kind of dark time, and that coming to an event like Disco. Is, is really kind of you know just you know brings the spirits right out for them because i think it's because you're part of like a community and mm-hmm. i think we're still at the stage where like we we see that that how many millions across the world watch wrestling but still if you're speaking to someone that doesn't follow wrestling and you mention wrestling you know you tend to maybe get scoffed at you know mm-hmm. people are like wrestling why would you watch something like wrestling and i think it's you know when people come along to an event they feel like they're part of a community it's just like well we all like this thing that apparently we're, we're daft for liking. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and then when you come to something like like a discovery event and having all these kind of different characters, these different um personalities on the event, and you know the the a lot of the, 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 the talented wrestlers that we use, the, the the they know how to connect with an audience mm-hmm. and that makes such a big difference because then, then the crowd feel like I need to get behind this person because, you know, they they just have that ability to connect with that person. So, yeah, I think I think it's just that whole kind of being part of a community, which, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 we're pretty we're pretty fortunate at discovery that, you know, over the over the years, you know, it, it's pretty much the same crowd. It's the same people that come to the show, mm-hmm. and, you know, I I get to know them all kind of individually when i see them at shows or when i act with them online or and and yeah, you, know, you know it's it's just a pretty pretty cool thing well,
0: Dave, it's very wholesome as well and to have that you kind know, of connectivity with your audience well you mentioned you know is Edinburgh based my home good old place i love to say yeah, and, yeah. You know, Edinburgh is a great city with a great culture as well i want to know Alan, did the culture of Edinburgh affect how running Discovery or like what to put
1: on i think you know People, people, I don't think, saw Edinburgh as being a kind of wrestling city. And, you know, we certainly maybe saw that in the, in the kind of early days. It's like trying to build something mm-hmm. because the, the, you know, there had there been, there are promotions that, that come and visit, you know, they'll come and do a show or two in a year and, and go away and whatever else. But Edinburgh didn't seem to have its own, some you know, a promotion to call its own. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, you know, we, we, we started... We started just trying to build something and be like we're, we're we're always going to be about here in edinburgh you know there's never been a a real desire to go anywhere else it was you know it's just we're kind of that's our kind of that's our kind of home city you know and um I, I, you know i see it within the people who, who buy tickets and come along that you know there is a kind of real strong core of people from edinburgh who, who come along to these events that perhaps six or seven years ago weren't coming to the events but now we see them every every month or two that we're we're there. So mm-hmm. um and and I think, you know, you know, I'm always I'm gonna be biased. I love Edinburgh. Edinburgh is my my favourite city just because it's um yeah, it's just such a beautiful city and, and the the one thing I would say about Edinburgh though, it just lacks venues. It lacks venues for wrestling, which has been a, a big struggle for us. Um we would be running much more regularly if there was venues that lended themselves to what we do and and you know the, the, there are venues where you look at the space and you go that would be a good space and when you phone them up to to say hey look we'd like to do an event there and they say right okay what kind of event is it and you say it's professional wrestling the phone pretty much automatically goes down because they don't really have a great understanding of what we do they just hear the word wrestling and think oh no not for us you know we, we're putting on concerts here we're putting on um we're putting on theater here we're putting on whatever you know and uh, and that can be quite disappointing when you're reaching out to these venues and you try and show them we well, look at the work that we've been doing with you know we, we run events out of the o2 academy or the Corn exchange it was as it was you know the pleasant sports center which has become a new home to us over the last year or so you know we're portobello town hall which has been closed for a number of years but um we should be going back into portobello hopefully very soon um the venue called the jam house which was my absolute favorite but that closed just before the pandemic and it's never reopened and it's still looking for new owners so you know this there's, there's venues that we've had that are, are just lend itself so well and we just wish there were more of them so we could we could do this more often
0: no definitely as well and you know it, it fair point there with the venues and everything because there's not really much about but you know i think of like glasgow for icw they have got like the garage and then WWE can have their live shows the hydro and everything as well Edinburgh's nice, obviously, with people who are not familiar with the city, you know, there's a new town and the old town, the whole Underbelly section as well. Great place as well. Do you feel like Edinburgh Council maybe needs to have a look at maybe more lively arenas,
1: not just for wrestling, but to thrive up the community? I just think it's the size of venues. You know, we, we hear a lot about, you know, plans have been submitted for a new venue for Edinburgh. Oh, it's going to be a concert hall. You know, it's, it's going to be... And it's going to be this massive kind of new venue, but it's going to be more focused on the arts and the concerts. And, you know, and and it's this very strange thing, you know, when you go from kind of council to council area and uh, in terms of how councils treat what professional wrestling is. So there are some councils where they go, yeah, your theatre, your entertainment will treat you like an entertainment company. Mm -hmm. Where other councils in, in Edinburgh is one of them where it's just like, well, no, we're going to treat you like a sport. And you're like, well, you know, that comes with completely different kind of licensing issues from other areas. So they, they, they don't see us as being a kind of arts and theatre and that thing. They, they see us as being a, like, they, they almost liken us to being boxing and MMA and, and whatever mm-hmm. else. And, you, you know, you try and explain, you say, well, we're not like them. Yeah, I know what it looks like, but we're not. mean um, we had, there's a venue that we, we we ran many years ago that was demolished, it has been rebuilt. And during their kind of rebuilding phase. Um the, you know they were keeping in touch with us talking about, you know, yep, yeah, once we're open it'd be great to have you back and do an event here. And um so the the, the kind of the, the team organizing events had changed during that time. And when they did get open and I inquired, they came back and said, no we can't, you know, if you don't have a governing body, so we can't take your booking. And I was just mm-hmm. like no, we're not we're not boxing MMA, MMA we're professional wrestling, we don't have a governing body as such. We're more like, you know, Theatre of the Arts, and they say, "Not oh, sorry, there's no governing body, so we can't accept the event." And I was just, so there was another venue that we'd been waiting for years to reopen, and then because again, we're we treated in a certain way, um, we can't use that venue. So, mm. um, yeah, I, th- I think I think it's just, you know, I love a town hall feel event. So Portobello Town Hall, the Jam House had that vibe. You know, when you've got the balcony mm. and you've got a stage and you've got the big floor space but there's just there's very little in Edinburgh that kind of lends itself to it yeah, Well sadly
0: the council are more focused on their trams at the moment so we've got to get their little passion project out the way before we can get more stuff done eh uh, yeah. sad thing to see. But now going on to Discovery itself you know when was it that you decided to make the plunge and say let's start it up let's get Discovery Wrestling
1: going Well that was going back to, to 2014, 2013, 14 um, like I say, myself and and my business partner at the time we, we we'd been kind of we had been um working elsewhere um in the country and you know we were both going through it kind of sense from we're both going through a pretty um difficult patch personally mm. you know and we would just often meet up and over a cup of tea of all things we would just go and meet up somewhere and grab a grab a tea grab a coffee and just have a blether just have a chat and we always we were always full of ideas about um how how wrestling can work or you know imagine we did it this way instead of doing it this way imagine you know and that's going back to like the organizing of an event um I mean I used to I used to wrestle many years ago and I had the opportunity to um travel to a number of different promotions in Scotland um to Wales to Hungary and see how different companies did things you know, in terms of how they treated the wrestlers, how they uh, looked after them, how they organised the actual event itself, and these were all kind of, you know, you kind of cherry pick when you're putting the promotion together and going, well, I like how that promotion did this in terms of how, you know, basic things like it had some catering backstage for the wrestlers, you Mm. know, just just, uh, you know, sandwiches and water and some nibbles, you know, like, with and there are other places that don't do that, and then the wrestlers, you know, are there, they're needing something, they go off somewhere to find food and you can't find them and you need them for uh, a promo or to talk through a match or whatever. So little things, just little things like that, that you're going right, that works really well there and that has a really good environment with the people who are there and that's because of you know, there's the, the, there's never an issue in terms of them getting paid, there's never an issue in terms of their travel being organised, there's never an issue in terms of them not being looked after so you know just just seeing these little things that other promotions did when i was wrestling fed into these ideas of right okay well we had ideas of how we wanted to run events the kind of audience we wanted to kind of target how we'd present it and it's just like instead of trying to do that for someone else we should try and do that for ourselves instead of trying to like force a change on someone who probably didn't want it so that's why we we we, we took the plunge and went right let's just do this and we've got all these ideas let's give it a crack if it doesn't work it doesn't work and at least we can say we tried it you know otherwise you would go through going man i wish i'd gone for it and and, and seen how it worked or it didn't work but well we're fortunate in that first event that we did in 2014 um that it went mostly smooth and it gave us enough to kind of go right we can do this, so let's just see how long we can keep doing it. Of course, absolutely, and I
0: believe that first show was a No Fear No Mercy, if I'm correct, yes?
1: Yeah. So that was that was at Meadowbank Sports Centre. That was the venue that was demolished and rebuilt, mm-hmm. um, so Meadowbank Sports Centre, and that was, you know, you want to kick off in a way that, because we, we know there are, um, certainly now there are more promotions now than there were then, but even back then there were a lot of promotions, and you, and you want to do something that makes you stand out, from the kind of pack and go right if we're going to do something if we're starting a new promotion like you you start it because one you think you could do things differently you could think you could do things better um there's an area perhaps that you can go into that doesn't have much in the way of wrestling so we wanted to do something different we wanted to do things in our view kind of in in a kind of better way um so the, the first event was about, right, let's do something that makes people pay attention to us to go, hang on, that's their first show and they've got these people on mm-hmm. the cards. It's just like, okay, let's pay attention to them and see what they do next. Uh, and then try and keep those people with you. You know, that's why when you have events over the years and, and you, you bring in, you know, marquee names, it's like, right, okay, bring them in to try and get some more eyes on us. And hopefully those extra eyes that come to watch you will stick with you. When you don't have the marquee names on on the card um so that's what the, the kind of the main purpose of that first show and trying to make that first show as big as it possibly could be Um we had you know people like mike mondo former spirit squad member we had crime time were there we had chris sabin um and we had a, a cameo video appearance from teddy long as well so you know you know you're trying to attract some of these names so as well as having Uh, Some of the best wrestlers from around the UK on the card, so people pay, you know, look at it and go, "This isn't, this isn't your typical wrestling event. This is Mm. something different." Let's let's pay attention. Let's see what happens with it. Let's see how this one goes, and let's see if they can do it again. Mm. And ten years later, we're we're still doing it, so we must have done something right along the way somewhere. Indeed, you have, my friend. Indeed, you have. And I've always been fascinated about, you know,
0: behind obviously like the curtain of promotions. You know, we've seen the wrestlers out there on stage, but we don't know what all goes into producing the great shows we love you know i've had promoters on from the us and warrior wrestling and down south in wales with no mercy wrestling i want to know from yourself alan what are some things that fans don't appreciate or know about that takes a lot of effort to build in
1: these shows i think for us it's it's the, the planning into um being able to pull off something that fans care about in terms of going you know it could be easy to go right we're just going to put on an event and it's going to be this person this person this person versus this person this person versus this person right that's the event whereas mm-hmm. you know what we do in disco is, is we've got like a small creative team um there's me and there's two others and and we'll we'll sit and we'll we'll have you know video calls and we'll talk through right okay in seven eight months we've got the anniversary event and mm-hmm. this is what we want you know this is the matches that we want on this but how do we get there you know it's how do we plan for that moment and how do we try and build it in a way where people actually care about this match instead of just going well there's a match right we're just adding this on the card that's just another match in the card it's just like trying to create those matches and moments that, that people will react to um and, and that takes up quite a bit of planning you know and, and you often see when you know when you're when you're promoting an event and, and people saying i want this match and you're and you 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 know that that's the match I'm planning for in like in seven months time, but you can't tell that person, you can't say there's a reason you're not getting that match right now, it's because we're going to give it a much bigger build. So it actually means a lot more in seven or eight months' time. Mm-hmm. Um so that's the that's the kind of thing when people are saying, Oh, this person deserves to have the title or we want to see this match, or why don't you do this? And you and you're going, these are all things that we've kind of talked about in our creative team and you're just like, just just wait enjoy it and when things happen it'll mean much more and you'll enjoy it much more exactly
0: patience people learn the word patience and you'll get good things in due time you know come on learn the word yeah and you know, um, obviously i've been fascinated as well as about obviously you mentioned the creative process as well there we've seen people like to critique it and everything like oh why aren't they doing this and this and then something doesn't work out i want to know from yourself alan have you ever been derailed by the creative process either it was someone able unable to make an event or injury or something just didn't work out
1: yeah, I mean, that happens, um, and and it's just, you know, you, you have plans, and you go, right, okay, we're going to go in this direction with this angle, and then um, then someone involved in the angle, for example, um, uh, gets signed by a major company, or mm-hmm. gets booked to go on a major tour somewhere, and they have to pull out of, of kind of certain dates, and you're going, right, okay, you have to change plan, you have to kind of deviate and go, right, okay, um but we have to also remember that you know we're not like we're, we're 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 only doing so many events in a year you know there is flexibility there so we can go right okay we can revisit this at another time for example if it was if it was the plan for the title to change hands in a certain way or to go to a certain person or um you um you just change and you just you just go with it um and I don't think there's ever been anything that's can been too major in terms of bringing us down it's mm-hmm. just we just we just have that ability to you just have try and have the ability to adapt i mean we've, we've had events where the someone in one of the i mean i go back to the you go back to the very first event that we had and again this was all you know the big steep learning curve of orbit of you know our first event and the first main event that we'd announced for uh, that no fear no mercy event we we were supposed to have al snow versus gradle in that first event in 2014 um and then there was something happened with tna where because al snow was part of them at the time and then i think gradle started working with them and then their tour dates changed and got shifted and then so the first the first big thing that we announced at our launch was hey look we're going to be doing this event at this date, and look who's going to be part of it you know about a month later i had to go these people are no longer going to be part of it. You know, the whole big kind of launch. Um, But again, you just, you just have to, you just have to do your best to kind of adapt. And um, yeah, we've had times where there was an event where we were supposed to have um, the young bucks with us and they had to pull out for whatever, you know, we'd advertised it, you know, tickets were selling and then, you know, dates changed and they could no longer make it. But, and um, we worked really well with them and they said well look we can't make it but we're going to try and make up for the disappointment look um, who can we, who can we get to your event to make up for the disappointment we ended up with uh, jay lethal who was ring of honor world champion at the time so he came along and he defended the ring of honor championship and that was the first time i'd ever been defended in scotland so you know it was just like you know just trying to if, if something happens and you know the fans are going to be disappointed by someone pulling out just being able to work and go right, what can we do to make it up to the fans,
0: mm-hmm. and and
1: having something like that, you know, just uh, kind of worked in our favor.
0: Absolutely, good course correction. And obviously, you mentioned the Bucks and Jay and the Ring of Honor because Discovery's kind of had a bit of history with the elite, you know, going back because they've been there a couple of times. You know, I want to first yeah. talk about having the Bucks come over. What did like? How did you reach out to them? Was it just a wing? Like, see, hey, let's see if I can get them to come onto my show.
1: Well, there's, there's. So the very first time that the Young Bucks were with us and. The event was in a community center so you know you, you go back to like 2015 and you you, you know they, they they they'd been doing they've done the generation me stuff and you know you, you think about what they're doing now but you know you go back to 2015 and um we had an event and there are like some there are some groups where like promoters from all over the uk can interact with each other and someone will say hey look i'm to bring over this person does anyone else have any dates around that weekend that way you can split costs in terms of the big costs like you know flight costs or whatever else mm-hmm. so some you get a lot of promotions that'll work together on, on those kind of things so often when you see like an international talent come to the uk you'll see them they'll have like seven or eight different appearances in the uk and that's just because promoters speak to each other and say we could do this we could split costs they get a tour out of it we get them marshall. our show you know everybody wins you know, especially the fans they get to see these people and that was that was the kind of that was what happened with um the Young Bucks the first time we had them. I think it was our it was probably our third event that we'd done. And uh, it was uh, the Royston and Wardyburn community centre. Mm-hmm. So in Royston we had um the Young Bucks there. And uh yeah, that was the first time we'd worked with them and they came in and they were just really, you know, really um, great to work with, really easy to work with. Um they were up for doing anything that we asked them to do in terms of the match. And, you know, we had this four corners tag team match and um, they, were, they were into it. They got to do, you know, as many super kicks as they wanted to do. And and um, yeah, so that was a lot of fun. So and, and again, it was just, you know, going back to that, you know, the idea of like working with people and how you treat people at events and stuff and building that reputation as being a good place to work. And people want to come and work for you and and work with you and and it was the same with the, the young bucks because we've had them over three times in, in in discovery over the years and that's just on the back of them enjoying being there enjoying the work and seeing the, the reaction from the fans and going well this is a, you know we enjoy working there so we want to go back when we can so that's why they've ended up on our our event so many times over the years That oh, was great to hear my friend well
0: you did mention there Jay Lethal coming over to defend the ring of Water championship first time in Scotland I want to know first off what does it mean to have that accolade for your promotion and you know having a big company's belt being defended on your show?
1: Yeah, it was great. It was just it was just, you know, as I was talking before about trying to get things that put eyes on on what you're doing and to raise a few eyebrows and kind of go, hang on a minute, you know, everybody, you know, most wrestling fans will know what Ring of Honor is and kind of what it represents. And to go, right, hang on a minute, the Ring of Honor championship's been defended where? So for a lot of people will be like i've never heard of this company at that point um you know they'll, they'll, they'll come along they'll want to see that happen and and again it's just about bringing putting new eyes on on what we do and trying to bring in um new fans uh and so that you know we did that there that one we knew that, like, so we knew that championship was going to be defended it was all kind of agreed in advance championship be defended in discovery but it's actually been defended twice in discovery and the second time. Came about as a complete surprise, oh. and that was when um, Cody Rhodes was Ring of Honor champion, and and he um, was doing this event with us. He was going up against BT Gunn, and um, there was there was no talk beforehand about him putting the championship on the line. No talk whatsoever. Nothing was discussed with me or my partner at the time, um, and it just it was just he was out in the ring. Him and BT Gunn were there. Crowd were super hot into this, you know, whole event and then someone in the crowd had shouted put the title on the line so someone in the crowd said put the title on the line and Cody did the thing was to say if you kiss this ring i will put the title on the line so he went out and you know the the fan kissed the ring on his on Cody's hand and then Cody went right championships on the line so it was just announced there and then that the championship was going to be on the line and you know is, is when we're planning shows and we're like right this is we'll do this we'll do this we'll do this we'll do this not once was it discussed that the championship would be on the line so i'm sitting there at the sound desk the lighting desk and uh all of a sudden i'm hearing this match is now for the ring of honor world heavyweight channel i'm just like oh why? Right. okay here we go so yeah it's pretty cool it's it's, it's nice to have
0: those moments you know oh, definitely i mean you must have been like tell me he did not just say that really holy damn man but obviously you know we mentioned the elite as well because you would actually have kenny and the bucks over as well for a show against team discovery you know what was that whole process building to that was that something that the bucks maybe recommended to you or is it something that you recommended to them to, to do
1: yeah it, was, it came about from them um they got in touch with us um to say that they were wanting to organize a uk tour they wanted to come over and do three dates in the uk um they wanted to do one in england one in scotland one in ireland so they wanted to do ref pro they wanted to do us in scotland and ott in ireland um, and we were like, "Yeah, we can see if we can organise a date around then to see, you know, so start and recheck the venues." And they said, "But the, there's only one condition: we're bringing someone with us." And we're like, "Sure, yeah. Who, who? What have you got in mind?" And they said, "Oh, Kenny, we're going to bring Kenny over." And we're like, "Yeah, that shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, no bother. Um, you know, so. But again, it's just one of these things. You know, if 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 you work if you work with these people and they enjoy working um, and and join being part of what you do, then." They will, you know, they will recommend you to to others and say, "Hey, look, if you're going to the UK, you should try and work at this place or this place." And likewise, if 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 we reach out to a wrestler we've never worked with before, um, they might ask about and say, "Have you guys heard of this promotion? What are they like to work for?" Mm-hmm. So you know, the reputation is really important in that regard.
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, and you know, having those big stars on does boost your show as well. I can't imagine what was it like being behind the curtain and seeing the crowd you know, the elite going against your guys and just watching that atmosphere
1: and pure joy fill the room. That's one of the big buzzes about putting events on, you know, compared to like the days of of being a wrestler, you were only really responsible for your match and making sure the crowd were into your match. But now when you're responsible for the entire event, like that's the moments that um, really kind of keep you going and drive you forward is when a crowd is so into something and that, you know, you know, you would have hopefully experience that at the last Dis- discovery event the disco derby we did which i think was probably one of the best events we've ever had in terms of just how into the event the crowd was from start to finish mm. and wh- whenever you have a match you know regardless of who's involved in that match whenever you have a match where you know the crowd are you know they're not silent at all anyway during the match because you know they're into it you know the the, the you know the, the moments where they break out into you you know discovery that when people are really into something instead of chanting this is awesome they'll chant disco wrestling yeah and for me when i'm sitting at that desk you know and i'm, I'm getting a chance to watch things as i'm you know behind the, the, the computer or whatever um when i start hearing the crowd break into a disco wrestling chant that for me is always a cool moment because i'm like yes this is what we want i know people are having a good time i know they're enjoying it i know they're into what we're doing so, yeah, whether whether it be the, the Elite versus Team Discovery match or whether it be any other match that we've had where fans get to that point and break into those those chants and they're just, you know, on the edge of their seat for the entire time, that's it's very cool. Yeah, you're showing
0: that you have that connection with the fans and you're doing great things for this business, honestly. It does show that and come across. Thanks. Thanks. Obviously, with Discovery they, you know and the Elite, the Elite have a bit of a pass over a certain club because I know they've faced you guys as well, you know, Discovery versus Bullet Club. How, I got to know, was that speaking with New Japan or was that speaking with the Bucks and the Elite or was it just, you know, something that Yeah,
1: happened? yeah, S- same thing again. So similar to the the, the, the Elite event, um we had um, the, the, the guys in the Bullet Club had reached out and say, look, similar idea. We we'll want to do a tour. We we'll want to do the three dates again. We we'll want to do England, Scotland, Ireland, um, same companies again. Um, mm-hmm. But this time we'll, we'll have more people available and so it just worked out in the same way again again you know the the, the, the event we did with Kenny and the Bucks worked very well There was a huge crowd came for it um that we, we thought well it would be silly to not try and make this work so we did and again it was just another another huge event big success
0: very big success indeed obviously there's gold within Discovery as well your championships as well you know you have the wide division championship I want to know when how did that whole championship idea start to form and when you got the physical bill And obviously your first champion for that was
1: Chris Saban. What did that all mean to you? Yeah, so I mean, the the, the whole kind of idea of the the Y division was because, you know, people talk about the Generation X, the Generation Y, you know, we've heard of an X division. We were kind of the next generation. So it was just like we're Mm -hmm. moving to the next kind of thing. And when when we started Discovery, we were looking at, well, what what is our kind of target audience? Um, You know, there was a lot of, you know, there was quite a few over-18s promotions about. There was quite a lot of promotions that were, like very family friendly, it's isn't like it was very much like here's a bad guy, here's a good guy. Your kids will boon cheer whoever. We were kind of going right, okay, let's kind of target the kind of like the fourteen plus kind of ages and go right, okay, let's. So you've got that kind of the, the 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 kind of wrestling wrestling aspect of it, but also a little bit of the kind of character work. So it was going to be more so focused on the wrestling rather than the character, but it's kind of now developed in a way where. It, it, it absolutely encompasses everything you know and people of all ages just it, we, we try and do something that appeals to kind of wrestling fans of all ages and fans of all types of wrestling which is extremely hard to do but we're trying um mm-hmm. but in terms of that why, that's kind of hence why the y division came about you know obviously the discovery of the y is a big part of the logo um so that's how that came about with all right let's go for a Y division championship and we had a a championship a belt maker paul martin championship belts look him up um absolutely terrific work that he does and i'd seen some of the work he'd done in the past and there was for our first championship it was just like absolutely paul has to we'll have to get paul to make this championship and it's a beautiful beautiful belt a title and um and, and i kind of really i really pride myself on having great looking championship titles original championship titles that are the real deal you know everything about them is real you know and mm-hmm. and I, I think because of that, that gives a kind of sense of um what the kind of promotion is about if you can look at a promotions championship title and look at it and go that's a stunning championship that's a you know if, if you're a wrestler you go I, I want to have that championship title because it that looks amazing you know to have that so I really pride myself on a bit of a, I guess I'm a bit of a kind of title mark in terms of and look at the championship belts throughout the years and i'm just like there's certain titles that stick with you and go man that's just such a cool title um i wanted i i just wanted to have that for ourselves to have these really cool championship titles the y division we won and then we had main event belts um made our tag team championships and our women's championship and again just absolutely beautiful titles that you know the moment where we had the women's championship unveiled and we had victoria tara Lisa Marie um she did the unveiling at one of our anniversary shows and she hadn't seen it she didn't want to see the championship before unveiling it so it was all kind of wrapped up and stuff and she took it to the ring and I'd said to her before I said Do you want to have a look at it she's absolutely not I don't want to see it I want to see it for the first time when I'm out there so the reaction is real to the crowd I went, okay take it away you know and she did, there's a video up online you see her and she just and she looks at it you see her face when she looks at this championship. And she's she said you know certainly at that moment she was like this is better than anything in WWE or tna like and she told the crowd that and i was just like i was just like yeah you know same same with our tag team titles people who've seen our tag team titles up close or um uh, you know they're just real quality championship titles like mm. i just i just really pride myself on those those championship belts you know
0: no oh, definitely i mean hey don't worry i'm a belt guy as well i've got my A W and TNT up behind me there in the set, you know, I feel like sometimes with some promotions you see that they like to inspire by the wing eagle or kind of like that trapping, you know, they're great belts, but they're not original. And I think that's something you do very well, and you have original kind of design belts. Do you feel like that's a, I think some promotions fall into like a hole in just trying to...
1: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to comment on other promotions um, and do what they do. Um, I mean, everybody has to kind of find a way of, of, of making it work for them and, and, and how they do it, you know. Everyone will have their own kind of priorities and, and what's important to them in terms of um, how how they do their promotions. But for me, I just I, it was just that it's just to have a bit of originality about the championship title to have, um, like I say, real quality mm. championship titles. And we've been very fortunate to work with people like Paul Martin to work with main event belts uh, and and you know just looking these people out and working with them. So it's a case of. Um, know because they're designers in in their own right so i'll i'll give them an idea i'm looking for something this and they'll come back with designs and say what about this what about this discussion back and forth change this what about this what about Mm -hmm. this until you get something that you can just um you can just look at and go yeah that's that's the real deal that's that's what we want but yeah no it's just it's just just about trying to be original i guess Mm -hmm. um trying to so it kind of you know as well, what i've talked about in terms of the certain types of events just that kind of standout thing so you know if pictures of your championship title go online other people are going to look at that and go wow that's a that's a that's a championship title and maybe start to look into the promotion a bit more yeah definitely i mean hey
0: i'm just wondering when the replicas are going to go live because i would definitely love one for my collection <laughs> yeah well we we'll leave that with the uh
1: with the the, the belt makers themselves um i'm sure <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they'd be happy to to, to churn out a few more.
0: Ah, well, I'll, I'll crack open the 401k and get that ready for, <laughs> for that. But also, you know, Discovery have done other great things as well, because you've had an event like at Comic-Con Scotland as well, and that's a an interesting environment to perform in. Do you, do you feel like it was a challenge? Do you feel like it was a way to get people involved?
1: Well, it was... Um, unfortunately, I wasn't there personally because I, I was kind of working the day job that weekend, so I was, I was really glad to miss it. But um, the, 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 the team that we had on the ground, just just, you know, they really enjoyed being there um it was that kind of different type of environment you know a lot of the wrestlers have done galadies in the past where you know you're asked to go along and put on entertainment at a big family kind of fun day or galadie um where people who are there aren't necessarily wrestling fans but they're just kind of passing by so you're trying to grab their attention but the team that we had there last year you know were, were really creative really inventive in some of the things that we doing in terms of they were getting they were getting like uh some of the cosplayers involved in the entrances and you know and and it's just it's just about reaching out and again you know you you take up these opportunities when you get asked to do them in the view that you know that probably the majority of people who are going along to the comic-con are not into you or wrestling Mm -hmm. they're there for other reasons you know you're not you're not the big attraction you're just there to provide some entertainment for for those who are kind of like wandering around and 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 yeah it was just to get kind of fresh set of eyes on us so it was uh, for the guys who were there it was a an interesting experience they got to have a lot of fun and uh yeah it was it was it was a good time
0: no definitely as well and you know I um, wanted did you want to touch upon obviously the whole global health shutdown due to the pandemic i know it affected everyone in every way from wrestling companies to people working their day jobs and everything But i know you had champions at the time of session off martina for your women's and i believe joe Hendry was for your men's as well and obviously they would you know by the books by the records they have over a thousand plus days was there Anything that I ever thought in your mind, maybe vacating the belts and waiting for shows to open back up, or do you think, no?
1: Yeah, well, no, I, don't, I never, I would have never vacated the belts um, because it's not the fault of the champions that mm-hmm. you know this thing happened. So why punish people by taking the championships away from them? It's just you know you could have you could have hit pause in the timer and go right, okay, these you know days don't count for the reign of the champion, but you know at the end of the day. You know, things happen and, um, you know, there, are, there, there have been times in the past where, for example, the weather has forced us to cancel a show or two, which meant that it's been like four or five months between shows. But those days still count towards someone's championship reign. They were the champion that entire time, whether there were shows or no shows, they were the champion that entire time. So mm-hmm. that, you know, there, there, was, there was never a thought that crossed our mind to say, let's strip them off the championship belts and start again when we come back. It was just like... They earned those championships in the first place so they can keep them and then the challenge for them is to retain them when we do come back very sure no fault of the performance at the end of the day and obviously yeah. you know during the pandemic i want to know from southland if
0: you would be able to share was there any particular challenge for discovery during the pandemic was it just you know not being able to put on shows or was it something cost thing was there any concerns
1: there was no real concerns uh, i mean we we don't, we, you know, we're we're not like other companies in the way that you know that there the are companies and companies that we work very closely with, who have their own training schools, for example. So mm-hmm. there was a lot of worry about being able to keep the the, school, the doors open of a, of a training school. You know, you've still got your rent to pay every month, but you don't have trainees and training, so you don't have mm-hmm. the fees coming in for that. You know, so no, that was a massive challenge for a couple of the schools that we work with, and and they were fortunate enough to get you know some funding um, to keep them going some grants but it was still you know a really worrying time for a lot of people who who, who were considering just you know just close up let's well, just shut up shop because there's n- nothing coming in they've still got some bills to pay and but thankfully thankfully there's a you know they, they, they got through it um I mean for us it was just a case of you know we, we just had to accept we can't do anything you know like you say we, we, we didn't have kind of running costs because we didn't have a set premise so that that wasn't that wasn't an issue um we at times we just wanted to do some some things to try and keep folks engaged you know you don't want people to kind of forget about you if you've been away for two years um so we, you know we just did a few kind of online things you know we did um you know Dis- discovery fans love a raffle for example you know so we did we did a few kind of online raffles a few kind of live videos and just and those things but it was just a case of you know just having to bide our time I mean we had a couple of false starts in terms of when we thought things were going to be reopening again and going right we've spoken with the venues we've got dates together right we're hoping to have our event there so you're you know you're speaking to all your wrestlers and saying this is a date that we're going to kind of relaunch so and then then it didn't quite happen and you had to keep pushing it back and pushing it back and pushing it back but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day you just have to kind of you know whether you agree or didn't agree with the restrictions you just had to kind of you know go with them there's not much else you can do other than to go right okay you just have to accept this and when the when the time is right and when when things were safe again then then we, we could go back and come back in, in such a big way that you know and i know kind of first two or three shows when we came back and um, following the pandemic just just seeing people again at those events it was you know it, was, it, it got you know the the first event back especially quite emotional you know just after two and a bit years away of of seeing people again and and um yeah uh, uh, let's just hope we never have to go through that again
0: no absolutely you know we're out of those dark times now and things were looking better for not only professional wrestling but the world and then obviously you know you had recent disco derby hell on event obviously i wanted to congratulate you again for it as well and obviously, the amateur jane winning the disco derby you yeah know that whole show in itself, you know, and seeing just the crowd so invested and all that, what does that
1: bring to you as a promoter? Does that bring you a sense of joy? Massively. Massive. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's why we're like, you know, we're all fans. Mm -hmm. That's why we got into this, you know, from the onset. It was just like, you had an interest were a fan of wrestling. And as a fan, you want to, to feel something when you're watching an event you know, the last thing you want is to, to have an event or a match where it finishes and people go, okay. Hmm. You know, you want people to react, you want them to, you know, um, have some sort of kind of emotion uh, during the event, at the event, and the, the, the disco derby, every single match from the VIP matches to the main card matches to the disco derby itself, there, there was never a quiet moment. You know, the crowd were like, so super hyped and so invested into everything and when you're planning something especially a match like the disco derby for people who who don't know that it's essentially our version of a royal rumble but we would throw a slight twist at the end of it um but when you're planning an entire kind of rumble type match and you go right you want certain things to happen and you want the crowd to react to these certain moments because these might mean something going down the line so we need people to pay attention to to this because this is going to result in something Mm -hmm. you know without giving anything away it's it's like so when when those moments happen in that sort of match and you hear the crowd kind of go oh my god or like you know you know the cheer for this or they go oh i can't believe they did that or you know you're like right they caught it they've Mm -hmm. they've seen it um you know i go back to events where one of the most one of the most ludicrous matches we've ever had in Discovery uh, was a, a zombie lumberjack match. And this was, years bef- this was years before the WWE did it. And, and uh, this came about as a result of um, one of my best friends as a, as a graphic designer. And I said to him, look, we're going to do a... I, I just need a, a graphic to announce the date of our kind of... It was going to be our anniversary show, and it was around Halloween. I said, I just need something a bit horror-themed-related, um, just to announce the date don't want any wrestlers on the poster itself because we're still in the process of confirming who was going to be on it so just get me something that will grab the attention so i worked with him and he, he came up with this design of an empty ring in this warehouse and the ring was surrounded by zombies and there was like blood on the canvas and things and i looked at that the graphic he sent me and i was just like could we make that actually happen? Could we actually have a match where the ring is surrounded by zombies? And um, a lot of people told me I was nuts, which I'll I'll accept. And I I, I remember having all these ideas going through my head about this certain kind of match. And I went to um, an event at Reckless Intent that day or the day after, and there was a guy, Big Steve, who works with a company called Scare Scotland Right, who, who provide all sorts of things for for Halloween, for scare events. And, and I said to him about zombies. And he went, he says, yeah. He says, I know zombies. I know people who do it. As, you know, as a kind of professional, people who, who can do it for events and things. And I was just... So then it, it just started coming together of like, right, having this thing in my head of two wrestlers in a ring surrounded by zombies where the whole purpose of the match is to get your opponent out the ring, so they get eaten by the zombies, and they die, right? We always hear about death matches in wrestling. Nobody ever dies. And I was just like, this is going to be the world's first proper death match, where someone will die in front of the crowd because they've been eaten by zombies. And um, so when, you know, putting all the planning and getting the two wrestlers involved at the time, it was Gene Money and Sugar Dunkerton, right? Guys who know could pull this off because of 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 um they, they they know where to kind of draw the line in terms of like um the wrestling and the comedy and, and everything else they they get it and when I was that was at the jam house and when I was sitting in the sound booth watching this match play out and I just had the moment where I went I can't believe something from inside my head is now playing out exactly as I pictured it right in front of me in the crowd Are going absolutely bananas for this whole thing because it could have gone one of two ways. It could have got the crowd get really behind it and get it and enjoy it, or it could have been like crowd watching it going, "What? What's this utter nonsense? Like this isn't wrestling. Like what you know." And um, that that was kind of one of those moments where the the, you know the planning was put into practice and it just worked exactly how you wanted it to work, and it just you know delivered on every level. And, And then I remember. Two or three years later waking up to a whole bunch of notifications from people tagging us in tweets and on instagram and people in my, in my messenger because wwe decided to have a zombie lumberjack match and they were like it looks like someone's been watching discovery and uh, <laughs> i was just like yeah 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 that whole concept I was yeah so th- those those are kind of things you know you talk about the disco darby and the crowd being into it but like just moments like that whether it be the whole event or whether it be a match like a zombie lumberjack match that the disco crowd get into it's just just again you talked about those connections you know you get to a point where you've built those connections with the crowd you, you kind of have a you get a grasp about what they're going to react to and what they're going to enjoy what mm-hmm. they're into and you kind of work with that <laughs>
0: your whole reaction was like that leaving the caprio mean you know within the chair just clicking it's like oh wwe you're doing the same thing as me
1: that's a bit cheeky, of then well I'll I'll take it as a compliment, you know. It's just like uh, someone somewhere has has seen a a zombie lumberjack match and went, hey, look, we can do that. But we've got a much bigger budget. So uh, let's let's see. Yeah, let's
0: see indeed. But, you know, obviously into the future, I believe your next show is going to be an anniversary show, year eight, if I'm correct.
1: We're going to do uh, a show in Livingston. So we we recently, um, you know, spoke earlier about not really having a big desire to kind of move out of Edinburgh, but we're helping um, our friends at Reckless Intent are taking a kind of a bit of a break just now, mm-hmm. um, so they they run shows regularly in Livingston, and they've got a lot of guys who who, who work on those shows. So, um, you know, I, you know, we're we're just picking up a few dates in Livingston until they get back on their feet and back out there. Um, so we're going to do Livingston on September 30th. Um, these Livingston shows are a good chance for for the up and comers, you know, there's a lot of exciting new talent in Scotland right now. Mm -hmm. And we want want to get them out in front of a crowd as much as possible. So these kind of Livingston shows are a chance to kind of see what's coming through in Scotland, you know, who's the next kind of top talents in in Scotland. So we're gonna do September 30th. And then we're just, you know, I spoke earlier about venues in Edinburgh, you know, so this is, we're just trying to get a date confirmed for our uh, anniversary show. Um, uh, later this year, and uh, yeah, once once we, we we get the date together, then we can build, and hopefully, build in a way that um, will will bring the, the discovery faithful in and give them a, a day a night uh, to enjoy.
0: No, absolutely, as well. and I feel like that anniversary show is going to be an absolute killer. You know, I, I can't I can't ask be a bit cheeky and be like, oh, what kind of what kind of secrets you got in store for the
1: year eight? What what can what can we see? Come on, give me a give me a wee bit. Well, we can't. This is the thing. I've got to. Um, everything's kind of under under wraps at the moment. Obviously, we the anniversary show. You you know, being the anniversary, people you you make this one as as big as you possibly can make it. So um, we're we're just kind of in talks at the moment with various people about who could we potentially bring to Edinburgh. Or, you know, can we bring? You know, the, the discussions often revolve around: is it a blast from the past that we haven't seen in Discovery for a while? That, the crowd might have an appetite to see again? Is there, is there someone, you know, um, on the independent scene right now who has never come to Scotland that we possibly could bring to Scotland? Those are the kinds of discussions that we have. And of course, the main thing for the, the, us is like the the culmination of, of what's been going on over the last year. For example, um, what do we do with the championships, the championship matches? Mm. Uh, what, ma- what matches will make sense um what matches are going to get like what matches are going to really kind of um pull our crowd in and give our guys our crowds our our fans something to care about um so this is this we're, we're at those kind of discussion stages just now um and we'll see like I say I'm hoping I'm hoping that we can get back into We've got the, the show in Livingston. I was hoping that we could be back in Portobello sometime soon as well. So we might have you know a couple of events before we get to the anniversary show, which gives us a chance to kind of climb some stairs to get to the top of, of mm. what we're trying to achieve.
0: Oh, definitely, my friend. And I'm sure it'll be an absolute banger when it comes around. But I always do love, when I ask get people on the show, the dream scenario. But, you know, I usually ask wrestlers the dream match. But for you, Alan, I want to ask the dream card. Say if you've got a golden ticket to have a golden card and let's say it's for your wide division your women's championship and your tag titles let's say you got to pick a men a woman, and a tag team and you get to have them on the show who would you love to have on that's so tough <laughs> that's
1: so tough um for for i guess um oh man that's such a tough question uh the I'd love to get Chris Saban back. Ooh. Chris Saban was our first champion, and we've tried so many times over the last couple of years to make dates match up and stuff. And he's he's super keen to come back, but again, it's it's all about um, getting dates to match up. So whether or whether you know in, in a dream scenario, bringing him back and having him challenge for the Y Division Championship he never lost because he was injured and had to vacate it um, at that mm-hmm. time, um, or whether we. are you know, we could bring him in alongside Alex Shelley and have the Motor City Machine Guns in in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be that would be pretty 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 cool. So I think that would have to be in the list either him in a wide division or them in and you know a, a match between the Motor City Machine the Motor City Machine Guns and the Kings of the North would just be unbelievable. um mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's so difficult. Yeah. Yeah, but I think I think that that would be my main pick. Is just trying to get trying to get Chris Saban back
0: would be oh, would be point. pretty cool. Fair point, indeed. And what about for your women's? Is there any particular women wrestling you'd love
1: to have? There's there's so many just now that, that you know it's such a strong field right now. You know we had that match between Casey and Nina Samuels um, at the Disco Derby, and and that is something that's been we've been waiting to do for about four years. Like it was kind of an ongoing thing that. Nina was supposed to have a championship match and for whatever reason it just never happened and Mm. and then she got signed by WWE and and then and then we're able to get her back there in in July and so that was a match that we've been waiting a good few years to do um, and it delivered on every level and um but yeah there's just there's just so many um extremely talented wrestlers right now that it would be hard it'd be really difficult just to pick one and go right that's what we would do so, but you just, I think, I think, watch this space and uh, see what, what comes about at Year 8. i yeah, will see what mysteries come about. But obviously, with the UK wrestling scene, it's going
0: to get massive now because AW are coming over for All In at Wembley Stadium. I want to know your thoughts, Alan, on, you know, seeing the passionate UK fans nearly sell
1: out Wembley Stadium at this point in time. Yeah, it's great. You know, we've always known that there's a huge kind of wrestling audience in, in the uk and uh, you know people have just been waiting and waiting for a massive pay per view to come or premium live event as they're, as they're called now to to come to to the uk um you know you would you would hope that all those people who who, who go along and, and cram out wembley or or go to you know um who went to money the bank or whatever to check out the the local indies as well you know like you, clearly I know that I know the, the the appeal that a WWE or an AEW has in terms of you see these people on television now you're getting to see them live and in person but they all started somewhere most of those wrestlers started somewhere so the, there could be a show happening you know just in the next city or 30 minutes down the road where you go along and you'll see someone and in two years time they're there on the television so do it in reverse come and see promotions like yourselves and other promotions across Scotland you know, dotted all over the UK and um and hopefully the the excitement that we've got around wrestling in the UK right now can kind of help you know promotions like our, our own and, and other promotions across Scotland and and the UK continue to grow. Mm-hmm. Absolutely well it's
0: great to see growth anywhere and everywhere within wrestling. But obviously, you know, you know Discovery's had a history with the Ring of Honor champion, you know, Joe Henry with impacted Joe Mega champion coming over. But I want to know LSA you could have any world champion, women champion, and tag team champion from any company in the world, WWE, AEW, Impact, even New Japan, coming over and maybe defending their title on your show. Who would you like to have? Well,
1: again, another toughie. Um, I, 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 anyone, anyone, anyone with a championship of any company who, who wants to come and do it in disco, there's a platform there. There's a canvas there. Um just bring it that's all I would say just uh yeah I, I you know it was such a blast to have um the Ring of Honor uh Heavyweight Championship defended in Discovery and as you say we've had the impact uh Impact Wrestling Digital Media Championship defended in Discovery as well so yeah if 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 at any point there's an opportunity to to host uh, a major championship in, in Discovery we would we would always welcome it I always love a bit of a disco at the end of the day, my friend. You know, Alan, you've been an
0: absolute pleasure to have here on soul session, but one final thing before we wrap up this episode, if viewers have heard about disco and they love it and they want to learn more and even come to a show, how can they do that?
1: We've got all our uh, social media channels. Um, So we're, we're active on, on Facebook, uh, Twitter, at disco wrestling. Um, We, we did start a thread, so I haven't really posted anything on threads yet. So, uh, (laughs) uh we are on instagram uh, at discovery underscore wrestling Um, you can find us on there as well so we've got all of those uh and our youtube as well so if you go on our youtube we've got a lot of free wrestling really great free wrestling on our youtube um so by all means go and subscribe we're going to be putting up a lot more um uh, footage and matches uh, in in the coming months so be sure to to go onto our youtube channel subscribe do all the stuff when you watch a video like comment share all those kind of things um and really help us any any anything people can do to help us and and share the stuff we do get new eyes on us um we 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 would be greatly appreciated awesome and don't worry viewers I'll be making it easier for you because disco wrestling's
0: Instagram will be in the description of this interview and you click that follow them and learn more about the disco well Alan thank you very much my friend for appearing here on the soul sessions and viewers thank you again I have been soul he has been Alan host of discovery last thing thank you everyone for another soul said